You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. study tonight. Amen. We're in our series, and um, we're on lesson 10 of our series on skilled leaders, and um, we've been focusing on being an an influence in our society, and we we want to be the best influence that we can be, and so we've been focusing for the last uh, number of weeks on this series, and we've been going through uh, letters that that Paul wrote. Of course, he wrote a number of books of the New Testament, but four of those books in particular were written to people. And so we went through Philemon and Titus, and um, and then we went through First Timothy, and we're finishing off Second Timothy tonight. And so when Paul wrote the letter that we know as Second Timothy, uh, his situation had changed drastically. And uh, he was, had been in prison for a number of the letters that he wrote, but he's facing uh, what, the, what he describes in chapter 4, verse 6, as certain death. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. So he may have been in prison when he wrote mo- a lot of the, the books, but we know for sure that he's ready to be martyred for what he believed at the point that he's writing this last book to Timothy. And so um, he says, only Luke is with me. He says that in chapter 4, verse 11. Uh, a number of people that had been alongside of him no longer were. And uh, so he's speaking that a lot of them had kind of departed because there was fear of what was happening to Paul. And uh, they didn't really want to be up against the Romans themselves, possibly. But uh, we do know that he was in a difficult time, but he has, he has given us such great scripture on being a positive influence. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a positive influence, not just any influence. I want to be a positive influence. So in chapter 3, where we kick off tonight, Paul speaks about the challenge of the last days, and he's telling Timothy exactly how to respond to those last days. Uh, Some people get kind of confused about the last days, which actually begin really at the ministry of Jesus Christ. And you can read that in Hebrews chapter uh, 1, verses 1 and 2. And they continue until his return. Um, It is called the last days uh, because it's the last dispensation in which God is completing his purpose here on earth and with his people. And so Jesus appears to have delayed his coming, and some kind of scoff at that. You can read that in 2 Peter chapter 3. Um, But he will come as he has promised. And so uh, in the last days, there are the differences that we can understand that Paul's going to talk about is that there are different seasons in the last days. Acts chapter 1 Verse 7 tells us that there are different seasons. But as we draw uh, close to the the times, the Bible says that 
the times will become perilous. Perilous times. The Greek word means dangerous or fierce or furious or savage. And it's the same word that's used to describe two violent demoniacs in, in, in Gadaria. And so you have this same word that's being used to, to describe people who are full of the devil as perilous for end times, seasons in the last days. Uh, and so when you see that same description that's given, it suggests that there are going to be spiritual attacks in the last days that you and I will have to deal with because there, there is going to be opposition to the church. And so you read that, um, the challenges that are going to come, that's obvious that are going to take place. But let me tell you, you don't have to fear or be dismayed about the challenges against the church. The church will survive. You can be assured that there will be a church because God is building his church. Amen. So this is how uh, chapter 3 starts. Uh, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men, he said, shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying thereof, denying the power thereof, he said, from such turn away. Paul lists the characteristics of people who will embrace um, the evil in the last days or the time period that he says will be perilous. He gives a list. And, and notice that everything they think is good, God thinks is evil. And everything they embrace, God rejects. This is a sure sign that perilous times, last days, the season um, is that Paul's talking about. And you can, you can watch that around you even as we speak. Um, people are right in their own eyes. They'll tell you that they are operating out of love, but it's a love for self. Lovers, Paul said, of their own selves. Love of money, Paul calls it covetous. Love of status, Paul calls it boasters, proud, heady, high-minded. Love of immorality, Paul calls it unholy without natural affection, incontinent. Lovers of pleasure, Paul calls it lovers of pleasures. The only thing uh, they hate is anything good. And that's why Paul says that they are despisers of those that are good. Folks, this is the age, the season, the time period that we are in or approaching. All you have to do is look around you. I'm not here to try to make you feel 
discouraged. I'm here to make sure we all have our eyes wide open of what's happening around us because there's a love that's being expressed in our world, but it's everything against God. Isaiah writes about it in chapter 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The first problem that we have in society around us is that they are not just in the world, uh, they are also trying to infiltrate the church. Now listen, there's one thing for people to come and give their heart to the Lord and have a life-changing experience. That's what we're all about. That's why we have church. That's why we, we preach this incredible message that we have believed and responded to. But not everybody is going to have the same motive. And Paul says, uh, listen, uh, they will even appear religious. Uh, he uses the phrase, a form of godliness. It looks like it's for the right motive. A form of godliness. But at the same time, there's a rebellious act or actions that happen. And he says, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So it's not enough for me to say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to do everything I want to do. Paul writes and says, listen, that's a form of godliness, but denying who's in charge. Man, it's already quiet. I'm only on the first five verses. This is what Paul's talking about. He said, listen, this is the world. And if Paul was writing this while in prison almost 2,000 years ago, then we can look at the times we're in and see how much further down the road we are in what Paul was preaching, teaching, writing to his, his protege, Timothy, and saying, Timothy, this, this is what is happening. Um, if we're not careful, <clears throat> we lose the value of true repentance. True repentance is there's actually a change that happens in someone's life. Where there's an experience that takes place that people leave different than how they came. Uh, it, it wouldn't hurt every one of our churches to preach more about repentance and a life-changing experience. Because Paul gives Timothy a very strong statement here at the end of these first five verses. He said, listen, having a form of godliness but really denying the power thereof, he doesn't leave it there. He says, from such, turn away. Don't even look in the same direction. Don't even think about following. I, I, want, I want there to be an old-fashioned conviction that happens in our, our church, in our services, in our people, 
so that when we walk in the world that we're in, that there is a positive influence. When you and I are able to state that we are a Christian, it should be that there is a difference. Don't get all bent out of shape because you stick out. You're supposed to stick out. <laughs> that's, you are to be separated. You are to be an influence that's in a positive way. What happens is the world goes the opposite way. And no, no, just blend in. Just, just allow yourself to uh, uh, not, not disrupt too much, not upset any apple carts, not, not, not give your opinion of, of, of what the truth says and what the Word of God states. And, and, and that's society. And, and, and there's a big push that's happening. Uh, if we're not careful, we'll fall into that. It's all right to still call wrong, wrong. And it's all right to still call right, right. And Paul's, Paul's saying, listen, this is the society that we're living in that has a problem. And uh, the world that, uh, that we live in, that we deal with, um, I, we, we have to be careful. That doesn't infiltrate into us and into the church. The church is to be a hospital. And um, I don't know if you've been to the hospital lately. But sometimes there's things that happen. People go to the hospital to get well, and sometimes sicknesses infiltrate different sections of the hospital, and it's shut down to people coming in. Now, the whole idea is to go to the hospital to get well, not to get sick, right? That's, that's the goal. But sometimes it infiltrates the hospital. And they have to shut down sections at times where you maybe can't go in. And you, they, maybe for however many days. Listen, we better not allow the world to infiltrate the church. Wouldn't hurt to say a good old-fashioned amen right there. Verse 3 says... Or verse 6, excuse me. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do, do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no farther, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs was also. In Paul's day, especially the women were susceptible to false doctrine at that time. And you have to understand the day. The day they had little education and were considered low status in society. And the emphasis uh, that Paul's saying, he says here that there's, there's a problem that's happening with doctrine. False teachers are, are, are um, allowing... Uh, themselves to be used to to infiltrate first the women and it's not against women it's just the what was of the day and worldliness and sexual sin and and women were the main victims of Paul's day whereas anyone in 2023 uh, falls into the categories of how the enemy tries to work 
even in a greater dimension. So it's not just one of the, the sexes today. The enemy's trying to obviously infiltrate everyone so they would become susceptible to false doctrine. And Paul's saying they are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And Paul compares these false, false uh, teachers and false uh, 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 people that are trying to infiltrate, infiltrate the church. He compares them to the magicians of Pharaoh who opposed Moses in Exodus chapter 7 to chapter 9. And that was during the time of the ten plagues. And if you remember, uh, their names were Janus and Jambres, and they were imitating what Moses did. They were trying to imitate what God was doing and what Moses was doing to show Pharaoh that they could do the same thing. And Satan always tries to counterfeit what God's doing. And that's his, his main plan is to, well, I'm going to show people what I can do. And he's trying to imitate the church. And he's trying to imitate. He doesn't know anything else. So he takes what God calls holy and he tries to pervert it in every way. And it doesn't matter what that is. You can think of anything that the Bible speaks of in a godly way. The enemy tries to bring a counterfeit in. To offset that in a worldly way. And you can, you can look at a lot of things that are happening in our society. Things that were recognized in biblical times in a positive way. That are now being utilized in a negative way. That's what's happening. So that's, that's how it works. And Paul says that false teachers... He says they resist the truth, and they have corrupt minds. And, and he even uses a very strong word, reprobate, concerning the faith. And that's a, a frightening word because it means rejected or cast away. It's a dangerous thing to tinker with the truth. That's why I preached on Sunday. You buy the truth, and you sell it not. Don't try to change it. Don't try to dilute it. Don't try to belittle it. Let it be the truth. The truth uh, is the truth. It's not just about the facts. It's about the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Just like it is in the banking industry, the way they deal with counterfeit is not to have more exposure to the fake, but to have more exposure to the real. They want to know what the real's like so that when they feel fake dollar bills, then they know that that is fake. Now, they have machines today and all that, I understand. But we're, we're, we, we fight false doctrine, folks, not by knowing false doctrine. You fight false doctrine by knowing the truth. And when you know the truth, you know that what doesn't line up to that is not correct. And it's, it's important that our character and lifestyle or our influence to other people, it really matters in what we believe and how we're submitted to the Word of God. It's paramount because Paul says, you have known my, do my, my doctrine and the manner of life. You're going, I'm going, we're all going to be an influence. And what's important that we are influencing based upon truth. Not a feeling. Well, I feel this, or I feel this. Don't base it upon feelings. Your feelings will never, 
ever lead you straight. <laughs> well, you know, I got, I got this idea. Be careful of your ideas. <laughs> well, someone else said, don't base it on that. Get yourself into this word of God. Study his word. Search the scriptures. For in them, that's where you find eternal life. We have to make sure we know what the real is so that we can identify the counterfeit. And the only way for us to identify the counterfeit is to know the real. And he goes on to say in verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, he's speaking to Timothy, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord deliver me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Notice the huge discrepancy between what Paul taught and what Paul experienced. And... Um, what most modern Christian uh, people are known for, he tells Timothy, he says this, all that will live godly shall suffer persecution. Uh, we don't like to hear that. We don't like the sound of that. Uh, and it seems like if that's taking place, that evil is winning. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. But ultimately, the church will be triumphant, and you and I will reign and live with him for eternity so don't allow yourself to get caught up in this world this life is but a vapor it's here and it's gone when we're 15 we want to get our driver's license and we're hoping to be older you get your driver's license you want to be old enough to be able to get married and then, you know, you, you, before long, you want to be old enough to retire. And you get to that, and you wish you could go back and start over. It's come quickly. I was thinking as we had the funeral for Brother Urquhart. Brother Urquhart was 102. 102. Had his mind right up to his death. Just incredible. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching his funeral, and I'm, I'm hardly more than half his age. It's just mind-boggling. But yet, it's still but a vapor. Just a vapor. And, and, uh, and so what Paul's saying, listen, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in other doctrines and other things that are happening in this world. Uh, false teachers will lead you astray. And he said persecution will come. We're going to face that, but you and I can continue, not be deceived, not be uh, caught up in counterfeit, but imitate what God has done in your life and, and allow that to influence other people. Say, listen, it's not a bed of roses. You're not going to have a life that nothing happens wrong, but here's the answer. You got someone to walk with you through it. Listen, he'll take you right by the hand and bring you all the way. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day. 
There is coming a day. And he won't stop working on you or I. Amen. He's, he's desiring for us to what Paul writes in verse 14. But continue. That's what he says. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Timothy was uh, in a position to be mightily used by God because, uh, because of the scripture that he had learned. And Paul says that he even learned from a child. And because of godly people and experiences that Timothy had been exposed to, there was a privilege that he, that he had attained. And you, we had, had it in our last lesson, his mother and his grandmother. And, and Paul says, listen, you've got a great heritage, this, this apostolic upbringing. Uh, make sure, he says, that you pass that on to the next generation. If you're a first-generation apostolic, um, I thank God that he changed your life. Tra transfer it to the next generation because that's the privilege that they will have of knowing what you experienced. Thank God for it. Amen. It's so powerful. He said, continue, continue, he tells Timothy. Uh, nothing is more important, Paul says, for the for the future, then just to continue to be an influence for God to the best of your ability. Life is going to happen. And life's not always pretty. And life is not always fair. It's not. People could testify tonight of things that have happened in your life that are not fair. Sure, life's not always fair, but the Bible doesn't tell us that life will be fair. Paul's telling us, continue. Don't give up. Don't stop. Progress. Don't look backwards. Get your face towards where you're going. Put your nose to the grindstone. Hey, man, get yourself in one mode. I'm going to make it to the end. I'm going to be the best influence that I can be. Paul gives an extremely important principle to Timothy in this 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, letting us know that we should be looking, uh, looking for as we study the Word of God. He said all Scripture is profitable, and he, and he tells us that it's God-breathed. It's given by inspiration of God. This is not just someone uh, thought, well, I'll, I'll write a letter. Uh, no, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And he says it's profitable in four areas, four areas, if we're careful to submit to these four areas, then it will help us mature. He uses the word perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't have errors or mistakes. It's speaking about maturity. And then secondly, he said that you and I will be equipped. We will be equipped, equipped thoroughly furnished. Furnished under what? Just anything? No. 
unto good works for the kingdom. So uh, these four areas that Paul talks about will help you and I mature to be the best influence that we can be because it will, will also equip us to do what God's asked us to do. Say, well, I, I, I don't know if I can be a, a, a positive influence. Well, Paul tells you you can because the Scripture's given to us to help us in the four areas necessary to make sure that we're a positive influence. And he clearly states what they are. First of all, he says it's for doctrine. That's what we believe. That's a yes. That'll help you and I. What we believe, doctrine, it's profitable. This word of God is what we need to know to know what we believe. If you want to be a good influence, get yourself in the word of God. I'm not here to speak about negative about all the televangelists and all that. But that ain't going to give you all the answers. And you can read all the other books you want. And I'm sure there's good reading and there's been great writers. But that ain't going to give you all the answers. Get yourself in the Word. That will be what you and I believe. Doctrine. That's what Paul says. Doctrine. Uh, the second thing is he gives us the, on the belief side, he tells us what not, not what it doesn't do or what it helps us not do. And he uses the word reproof. And so it shows us what not to believe. Not only does the word of God tell us what to believe, it also tells us what not to believe. Well, I don't know if it's right or wrong. Right in the word. The word, it hasn't changed. It's settled. It's quick. It's powerful. What happens is sometimes with people, they want the word to sound the way they want it to sound. And the word's not whatever I want it to be. Whether I think it's right or not doesn't matter. The word is right. Everyone tired tonight? Okay, I see some nodding. Okay. Okay, Pastor, hurry then. That's the belief side. The behavior side, it also tells us the yes. Instruction in righteousness. It tells me how to behave. That's right living. Instruction in righteousness. And then it tells me the opposite side, which is correction. What not to do in my behavior. He gives clear instruction. I mean, we've already read a number of things in this chapter. He said people are in love with themselves. It's not good. Listen, I, I don't have no dislike for animals. Okay, I don't. But you know our world today cares more about their animals than they do about their kids. And the Bible says, without natural affection. Now, I, you know, feed your animal and take care of it. And if you can't, then give it away to someone who can. Can't do that with your kids, usually. 
But if we're not careful, um, we'll make sure we got the duck crossing. But kids are starving to death. That's the world we're in. All right, last chapter. I don't know if we can edit that from back there or not. Wasn't in my notes. Second Timothy chapter 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Paul, he charges Timothy to do one thing. Preach the word. The word. Great to have a story. I like having a story from here and there. Use personal experiences from time to time. But none of it will compare to the word. Everything else, he says, is related to the critical commission of we preach the word. Jesus is coming. Preach it. Because we are headed, folks, to judgment. And everyone is going to be judged. And and he says, listen, we got to be instant. That's prepared and present and ready. When conditions are favorable, favorable and we're to do it in season. And, and that's to be ready no matter what. He also says when it's unfavorable or out of season, we must be patient with people, exhort with all long-suffering. Uh, we, gotta, uh, we adapt our message to the people, and it doesn't mean change it. Uh, he said exhort, uh, exhort with doctrine. We Preach the word. Don't water it down. Don't leave anything out. Preach heaven and preach hell. Preach sin and preach forgiveness. Amen. Preach the love of God and preach the judgment of God. Amen. It all comes from the word. Getting a little worked up. Paul says the time will come, and folks, it's here, when people will not put up with, he uses the word endure, sound doctrine, but they will have, and he uses the phrase, itching ears. They accumulate or heap to themselves teachers who will tell them what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. I refuse I refuse to be that kind of a pastor that I'm here to make you comfortable. I'm not here to make you comfortable. I want you to enjoy church, but I'm not here to make you comfortable. I'm here to preach conviction, not condemnation, conviction, where the Word of God accomplishes what the Word of God is to do. And that happens when I'm reading the Word of God. There are times when the Word of God convicts me and and it convicts me before I ever stand behind this pulpit at times. God, let our church be full of conviction where people are changed because of the power of your word. I want to be the best influence I can be. 
But watch thou, he said, in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And Paul exhorts Timothy to be on guard. He says, watch, be tough. He says, endure afflictions. There will always uh, be the need to win souls. He says, do the work of an evangelist. P Timothy's ministry was not exactly like Paul's, but he's telling him, listen, God's called you. He'll make foolproof of your ministry uh, where you can accomplish everything that God wants you to do. You can be the influence that you need to be. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to act like someone else. You don't even have to talk like someone else. Let your influence be your life. Let that be your ministry. My wife and I are extremely different. Although she's becoming more of a talker. She is. When I first met her, she hardly talked at all. And she's coming, becoming, sometimes I'm the one waiting in the car now. That's happening. I've seen it happen a few times. Paul says, I fought, I finished, I kept. You know what that means? I've got no regrets, he said. A crown of righteousness is God's reward to the faithful and the righteous who say, I'm going to be motivated to be faithful in being my influence. God, help me to be everything that you want me to be. He says he, he rewards those that love his appearing. There's, there's a... a there's a, a crown of righteousness, folks, that's laid up for you and I that says I'm going to be the influence that God wants me to be. He's coming back for you. Will the return of Jesus be an interruption to your life? I hope not. I hope you got your eye on the sky and your mind is anticipation of his return amen uh, I, i'm looking forward amen to what god is going to do uh in in rewarding the faithfulness of the saints of god because of the influence they were in this world let's finish it up do thy diligence to come short unto me for demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus. When thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom uh, be thou were also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Now you see... Uh, the humanity of Paul, and he tells Timothy, please hurry to come and visit me. Bring my cloak, it's cold, and bring the books, and especially the parchments, he said. And, and he doesn't reveal his humanity to a lot of people, but to Timothy, Timothy's like his son. Have you ever heard someone say, I've never heard them speak a negative word? You ever heard that phrase? That's not good, you know. 
Just because someone never spoke a negative word doesn't mean it was good. Because if there's a godliness that arises in you and I as people of the truth, sometimes it's going to be called out. You can read it right here. Paul said, Demas hath forsaken because he loved this world. Nothing, ne- nothing positive about that. He called it out just like it was. Cretans and Titus have departed to minister elsewhere. Luke has put everything on hold to be with the aging apostle. Mark has been forgiven by Paul be, uh, even though they had problems earlier in Acts 15. Tychicus has been sent to Ephesus to relieve Timothy uh, temporarily. Carpus has been taking care of the, the apostles' few earthly possessions. Notice now, Alexander, he said, avoid. He's been in opposition. Don't even go around him. Nothing positive about that. Sometimes we just have to call it out the way it is. And Paul says, listen, be careful. Be careful. And what is the reason for that? Well, there's two things that happen in your life. You are either in influence or you're influenced. And if you're not being the influence, then you will be influenced. And if you hang around people that are negative long enough, you'll become negative. And if you hang around people that are worldly long enough, you will become worldly. And Paul says, Demas and Alexander, uh uh-uh. Well, Pastor, uh, how are people like that supposed to be one? And that's always a good question. But Demas and Alexander knew. Demas did follow. But he walked away because he fell in love with the world. The door is always open for people who have walked away. Always. Everyone can return. But be careful that you're influencing and not being influenced. Preach right here for a good hour. Not tonight. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Over a hundred people, men and women, were associated with Paul during his ministry. Forty percent of the people associated with Paul were women. And so the Bible gives us at least a hundred people that worked with Paul. And so Paul was a team player. He, was, he believed in team ministry. He understood that. But Paul also understood that sometimes his influence was not going to keep everyone on the same and the right track. And it's very, very important that you and I are careful that you are being an influence and not being 
influenced. Last, last uh, verses of the chapter. Salute Priscus and Aquila and of the household of Anisphorus. Erastus the boat of Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Do thy diligence to come before uh, winter. Eubulus greeteth thee, and, and Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. He ends the book with asking Timothy to come before winter. And um, there's, you can do some study there. There's only certain times they could sail and all of that. And he's, he's wanting to see Timothy before he goes on. And, and that's how he ends the letter, just with a, a human request to his uh, son in the gospel. Uh, and and uh, from then on, we don't know anything else that Paul wrote before he died. The four books that he wrote to people, he focuses on one major topic throughout the four books. Philemon, Titus, and to Timothy. I want you to be the best influence that you can be. Folks, that's not just for pastors. Every person in this room is a minister. Every person. Every person in this room is an influence. And the scriptures of those four books have given us, and we could have taken many, many more, more weeks to go through it. But Paul gives us lots of information in there to be a positive influence. In 2023, I want people to know what side I'm on. I don't want there to be any guessing on what side I'm on. Listen, I believe in being courteous, and I believe in being uh, merciful and uh, showing forth grace and being people of love and all of those things. But you better know what you believe and what you stand for in 2023 because the world's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And we better know where we stand in how we're going to be an influence in this world. Thank you, Jesus. God, I love, I love you tonight. I thank you for your, your people, the flock of this great church. I thank you, Lord, for the power and the authority of your word. I thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you have done and how, God, you've transformed lives and and how you're continuing, God, to work on us to be the best, the best people that we can be. God, would you help, help every individual tonight that's in person watching or listening online desire to be the greatest influence that they can be in this world. Lord, to speak the truth in love, to show forth your grace and mercy to every person we meet. But God, to stand for what your word says. Lord, to be sure, God, of where and what we believe. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.